Welcome. I'm so glad to see you today. I forgot to introduce myself in the first service. So um, if somebody was new, I was mysterious redhead woman talking. So um, if you're new, my name is Casey Pate. I am married to the one and only leader of this church, Chris Pate, the senior pastor. And yeah, you can clap for my husband. Come on. You better clap for that. All right. Okay. Now I'm, uh, I'm thankful that he uh, shares this platform. I don't know if you realize this, but you're very fortunate to be in a church that has a pastor that values the gifts in other people and that lets them speak. I, you've probably been here and heard many speakers and we have so many people that are so amazingly gifted to share the word. And I just, I appreciate that. I don't take it for granted, even though I'm his wife. And I think it's really awesome that he lets people and he lets women on the platform and get an amen from the sisters this morning. We value women and their gifts as well, and we want to give them opportunities. And so I'm honored anytime I get to step. I'm, I'm on the stage a lot. If you're not new, you see me um, doing worship a lot, but this is a, a different opportunity, and I'm always thankful for it. And I'm grateful to be here with you today. I believe God has something awesome to say, not because I'm awesome, not because the worship team's awesome, but because God is awesome and he is worthy to be praised and he has something he wants to communicate with us today. And so I have opened up myself and said, Lord, speak, and we're gonna see what he has for us. If you're new, we are in a series called DNA. And that's all about the makeup, what, what makes the local church tick, the core of the church, specifically for us, what is the core of City Life Church? And last week, um, my husband brought an amazing word talking about the first of four E's. This is, the four E's is kind of our strategy in which we bring about our mission, what we believe in, what we wanna accomplish. If you'll bring up that first slide for us, we have the four E's right here. So last week, like I said, we talked about engage. We talked about taking a great story into the community and engaging our culture, a broken and hurting world that needs the good news. And we have the best news. We have the best story. It's not always put in the best package to bring to our culture. So we're passionate about bringing a good story to our culture. We talked about that. Now, today we're moving on into the second E, and we're gonna talk about establishing biblical foundations. This is a big one. This is really, really, really important. It's super crucial. I'm actually a little like nervous. I feel like I kind of got the, the big dog out of this thing. Cause it's like this, if we don't get this right, it's really gonna mess up this entire cycle and what we want to see, how we make Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, socially responsible disciples, because that's what we're called to do. And in making disciples, establishing biblical foundations is so, so important. And my hope today is that I can create a sense of urgency in you for two things. One, I want you to check and tend to your own foundations. And two, to help others establish biblical foundations. And the stakes are higher than we might think when we think about this subject. So when we talk about being established, what does that mean? Well, naturally, I'm gonna to go to the dictionary. I'm a word person, I love words, I love to write, and so I just, I just think words are amazing, and, and a lot of words kind of sound like what they mean. To me, established just sounds like established. It sounds like substantial, kind of like an anchor, you know? Let's look and see what the actual definition is. I did not list all of them, because there were many, but I chose some. It's a verb, it's an action that we're doing. To make secure or permanent in a certain place, condition, job, etc. 
to create or set up an organization on or as if on a permanent basis. We're establishing a, a, a business. We're establishing an organization to prove correct or free from doubt, to validate. That's for our attorneys in here. We're establishing, right, the validity of like a witness on the stand. And also in botany, in the world of plants, that is to cause a plant to grow or to grow in a new place, to become or cause to become a sapling or adult plant from a seedling. Now there are, here's some synonyms of the word establish. All right, we've got base, build, form, found, plant, root, secure, ground, stabilize, lay foundation, set down. I don't know why I felt like I had to have emotion for every word, but I did, so there you go. Set down, lay foundation. Now there's a lot of different illustrations that we use when we talk about this subject of laying foundations. And one that's uh, pretty popular and that you probably heard us talk about, I know Chris has used this before, is building a house, right? We're laying the foundation to build a house that will last. And I love that illustration and it's very great. Luke 6 talks about that, right? Building your house upon the rock and not on the sand. So when the storms come, you're still gonna, you're still gonna be there when the storm is over. I'm taking a little bit of a different angle today. I'm gonna be extracting from the botanical definitions of establish. And I'm just gonna go in that vein today. I'm actually like pretty excited about it because um, this is kind of like my wheelhouse. I love nature, I love plants. Um, yeah, I'm looking at Kaylin, I'm like, well, your husband, he's, he's the plant guy, we, we connected on that. I wore a shirt the first time I met him and it was like plants are friends and he's like, hey, nice to meet you. Is that like for real or is that just a shirt? And I was like, oh, it's for real, it's for real. So we like, we had a connection there with that. So I just saw you and I was reminded of that. But um, it's true, it's true. I don't know like what the actual requirements for to like be classified as a plant lady. Um, I, I don't know, I think I kind of consider myself one. My family has named me one because they think I've gone a little crazy. And uh, I don't know, I don't know what it is that actually makes you a plant lady. I had a shirt, I was gonna wear it this morning, plant lady. Um, to be honest, it was dirty and it was not clean and it was under 19 piles of laundry. I wish I was exaggerating, maybe 15. That's not an exaggeration. Jesus help us, if you wanna help the Pate family, come see me after service. But um, I, I still kind of wore a plant lady shirt anyway. But um, I don't know, I, have, I counted before I came today. I have 53 plants and three uh, fruit trees, so I, I don't know. I think that probably means plant lady. I'm embracing it anyway. But I, I'm not a pro. Be, to be sure, I've killed my share of plants, all right? I kind of look for the ones that are hard to kill to make me look really good. And then like, it's like, oh, you're really great. I'm like, no, these are just hard to kill. So if, if you need hard to kill plants, come see me as well. But um, I've spent some time with my hands in the dirt over the years, and I love it. I love just getting down there and I've done that enough to know that establishing a plant, building something in your garden is very, very, very similar to laying a biblical foundation. And so we're gonna go in that illustration today. We're gonna talk about that. I brought something today that my lovely assistant Quan is bringing to the stage as we speak. That's right, you can clap. You guys are so great. You're so encouraging, I love you. Um, thank you, Quan. I brought for your viewing pleasure today, for the sake of the message, because I can't give away what it is yet. We're just gonna call you Jack 
and Jill, because, right, crazy plant ladies name their plants, right? So I'll just, we'll just say, actually, I really haven't named all my plants, just in case you're wondering. That's way too many names. But today, we're going to call them Jack and Jill. Here Jack and Jill sit in all of their potential glory. What kind of tree are you, Jack and Jill? What will you be? What kind of fruit will you have? How big will you grow? How wide will your branches extend? My children are laughing at me on the front row right now. So I'm gonna look past them to you who are not laughing at me right now. I expect plenty of eye rolls from the front row. But um, what are they? What are they gonna be? Well, in order for us to find that out, something very, very important has to happen. We gotta take these babies and we gotta put them in the ground. We gotta build, we have to make room, we have to dig, and we have to establish them in the ground. They have to go down deep into the soil, receive sun, water, food, and tended to by human hands in order for them to become what they were intended to be for us to see what kind of fruit is there in the first place. And this is the most crucial period in the life of a plant because if you get this wrong, you are setting up your future plant for success or failure, all by how it's established and what kind of ground that you put it into. This is so important and very much related to biblical foundations. Jesus tells a parable in the gospels, which is a story what we've established, talked about last week. And he's just, he's so great. And he has, he talks about plants and sowing and seeds and things a lot. So I really appreciate that, Jesus. Thank you for those wonderful illustrations. And I think that this parable definitely illustrates the importance of the kind of ground a seed goes into and what happens as a result. So let's look at it really quickly. In Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 3, we see later that same day Jesus left the house and sat beside the lake. A large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat there and taught as the people stood on shore. I've been to Israel, and I have to tell you, when I was preparing, I told G earlier, I can imagine it. I can picture what it looked like. It was glorious. Um, I can see exactly where Jesus probably was in this. He told many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. Next slide. As he scattered them across his field, some seeds fell on the footpath and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on the shallow soil with underlying rock. The seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plants soon wilted under the hot sun. And since they did not have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, even 100 times as much as they had planted. Now, I think this parable connects the dots really well from moving from engaged to established because you have this seed. The seed is the gospel, all right? It's the same seed in the story. The same seed goes out, but it goes on different types of ground. So the seed, much like our trees here, they're, they're bigger than a seed, but we're gonna pretend like it's a, a seed, goes out. So. That's engaged, right? That's we've engaged the culture. We've taken this great story to them. Now what? Now what do we do? So I think that parable really connects those dots well, talking about moving on to establish. And he doesn't even leave it to our imagination to translate what this parable means. Sometimes he doesn't give an explanation. This time he actually does. He wants us to get it. He really, really wants you to get it. So let's see what his explanation is. The first um, slide here. 
All right, here's the explanation. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message about the kingdom and don't understand it. Then the evil one comes and snatches away the seed that was planted in their heart, okay? This is pretty self-explanatory. The seed fell many places. One of the places the seed fell was the path. The path had nowhere to take root. And so immediately the bird came and snatched it up. Ooh, a snack, this is lunch, all right? This is what the enemy loves to do. He does not want people to receive the seed of the gospel. And so if they don't understand what they're hearing, if they're not ready to hear it, the enemy comes and just snatches it up, never even gets a chance, never establishes, and immediately is taken away, all right? Now here's the second one. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. Now, this is what we would call a shallow Christianity. This is not something that takes root in something deeper and more substantial. This would be equated to someone who got really excited. They heard about Jesus. They got really pumped up. They went to an awesome worship service or a conference, and they got really, 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 really excited. But it remained experience alone. It remains like our emotions, how we feel about it. It remains like we're getting our encouragement from like scrolling an Instagram and all the inspirational quotes, which, hey, I'm a, I'm, I'm a fan of the gram, okay? I'm not saying anything bad about that. But when you're getting your source from only that, from only Sunday morning, I come and attend and worship, I leave, I don't connect with people, I'm not hearing the word or being in the word apart from Sunday morning. This is what we would call the rocky soil. And the problem is those things alone are not enough to keep you grounded when the storms of life come. If your roots don't go deep, the winter is coming. I don't watch that show, but I just had to take an opportunity to use that. The storms, everything, if the roots aren't deep enough, it's gonna snatch you right up and you're gonna be uprooted. Everything that you've built, which hasn't been that much yet, is gonna be taken away. All right, let's see the next one. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth. So no fruit is produced. Now we call this seed in the weeds, all right? The, uh, I'm gonna use thorns and seeds. Uh, I'm gonna exchange those words there, all right? This, this means that the weeds have come and choked out the word. The weeds have come, the worries, the cares of life have come and choked out all of the good things that were established. There was something that was established. It was there but the weeds were also there. And because it wasn't tended to and the weeds weren't uprooted, it eventually choked out all of the word and everything that was good. All right, I have a great picture and example of this. All right, I wanna show you a slide. And this is actually our backyard. Um, it is, this is 100% our backyard. Um, we, we built everything two, two uh, spring breaks ago. Our kids devoted their entire spring break to building this and they were really excited about it. They were so glad to spend their whole spring break working on this. I'm kidding, they were really bitter about it. But um, we worked really hard, 100% our backyard, 100% our work. This is also 100% last year's picture. It does not look like that today, all right? This picture is not what it is, unfortunately. What has happened is I got a little lazy, I got a little like, uh, 
I not really want to mess with that right now. I've let things grow and come up. And if you see like in the corner down there, the little pokey thing, oh, that's okay, go to the next one. This is what it currently looks like in my backyard. I'm so embarrassed to show you this slide, okay? The siding needs to be washed. Look at that. That's supposed to be lavender in that thing. And that is not, that is a weed growing out of it. There's weeds coming out of the rocks. It's so bad. Like it's not good right now, okay? It's not good. I did not tend to the weeds and they grew and they overtook all of my hard work. And now here I find myself having to do some work. And that is not what we wanna be because the weeds, guess what? Guess what grows without anything to help it? Weeds, you work so hard to plant a plant and take care of it and it won't grow, but weeds will grow without any effort, without anything. Weeds will grow, they will always be there. The worries and the cares of this life will always be there, they're not going away. All of the things that come against us, the lure of wealth, the things of this world, they're not going anywhere, but we have to decide what we wanna do. Do we wanna uproot the weeds and take them out so we can bear good fruit? Or will the weeds choke the life out of us? All right, now here's the last, the last thing, then this is kind of what we're, what we're going for, the last type. The seed that fell on good soil represents those who truly hear and understand God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, even 100 times as much as had been planted. And only because I was embarrassed about the last picture, I have to show you just for good measure. This is my Meyer lemon tree and it's so glorious and it's so wonderful. And it actually does look like that right now. It's covered in blooms and blossoms. It is bearing fruit. We will get a harvest of lemons from this tree and I'm very excited about it. And this is what we want to be. Now, it's not that this is without the storms or without the weeds. Those things are there, but the roots are established enough to handle it. A year ago, all the leaves fell off of this tree when we had like the ice Armageddon or whatever we wanted to call it. I don't remember what we called it last year, but it was like it froze and it was bad. All the, tr- all the leaves fell off this. And I didn't know. I was like, is this thing gonna like make it? Is it dead? I don't know because it's completely barren, but I kind of trusted, okay, this thing is established. So I just did everything I knew to do. I kept watering it. I kept giving it fertilizer. I kept doing all of those things. And here we are a year later. So sometimes it might look like it's barren. It may not look like everything is working, but if you are establishing your roots go deep, you are gonna make it. It's gonna last through the winter. And that is who we wanna be. Because honestly, that's the only example in that parable that bears any fruit. The first two didn't even have a chance. The third one was there, but it didn't bear fruit. It actually did not come to the, matru- the maturation of what it could be. It didn't fully reach its potential. And I don't wanna be that kind of Christian. I don't wanna just exist and not bear fruit. I don't wanna have a joyless, fruitless life because the weeds are choking the word out. This is who we wanna be. We, we wanna be like the tree in Psalm, that's described in Psalm 1 that says, he's like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season. The leaf does not wither and all that he does, he prospers. All right, and the good news today for you is that we don't have to guess how to build good and establish good biblical foundations. We don't have to just take a stab in the dark, like I think this would be helpful, I think this helps, I think, I think these things are good. We actually can know 
how to establish good, strong, biblical foundations in your life. And we wanna talk about that, okay? So we're gonna talk about some ways to establish the biblical foundation. Before you check out on me and make your lunch plans, because you're like, oh, I'm a good Christian. I've already established all my foundations. I'm doing really well. I know all the things. Like, I would love, I would love to believe that. I would love to think like, we're good, we got this. We can move on. Unfortunately, like the stats just don't support that. It does not support that we all got it when it comes to the very foundation and just basics of living out Christianity. I'm going to show you a slide. They're, they did a research, uh, Ed Stetzer through Lifeway Research, they called it transformational discipleship assessment. Let's look at this. Now, I'm telling you, this is not good news. This is actually kind of discouraging. So bear with me, and it actually gets worse as we go down the list. All right, 54% of churchgoers say they set aside time daily to a few times a week for private worship, praise, or thanksgiving to God. Prayer not even included in that, okay? So we're batting about like, you know, I mean, that's like half I don't know any like sport or any business world that we would celebrate that and go, we're killing it. This is great. We got half of the people that we want. I don't think that's a great stat. And it gets worse, I'm sorry. 42% intentionally spend time with other believers in order to help them grow in their faith. That is a big percentage of people who are not in community. That's a big percentage of people who are trying to do this thing alone and like, I got this. I don't need anybody. Me and Jesus, we're good. That's a pretty big percentage. 41% do not attend a small class or group from their churches. And these last two are what's really, really sad. 25% say they've shared their faith once or twice. 14% have shared three or more times over the last six months. This last one is really what kills me. 19% of churchgoers read their Bible every day. 19%, that's not very much. So when we say we know what it takes to establish biblical foundations, I believe that we know it. However, how we're functionally living out our lives every day might be saying something different. It might be saying we don't actually really believe that this is that important. And I want to tell you today, it is that important. It is a matter of life and death. We want you to make this. We want you to be in the long haul as a believer. We want you to do all the things God has called you to be. But without these things and establishing these foundations, we are not going to make it and it's that urgent and that's what I wanna to communicate to you today. So let's talk about three things that we can do to establish biblical foundations. All right, the first slide is to be established in the faith. So it's, it's all great, like I love your, like all your plant things, like great, let's move on from that because you're really into that. But um, like what do we do? What does it mean to establish a foundation? What, what does that mean? What does it look like? Well, here's one thing it looks like to be established in the faith. What does it mean to be established in the faith? We know what we believe. We understand the basic, what we would call doctrines of the faith, such as sin and salvation, repentance, lordship, 
grace, faith, baptism, water baptism, Holy Spirit baptism. There are things that make up the picture of Christianity that our faith hinges on and we need to know those things. We need to have an understanding because when the not truth comes, we need to be able to discern the difference. There's things out there that sound a whole lot like the truth, but it's a little bit not the truth. And you need to know what you believe so that you can understand this is not the doctrine of what I believe. And we're not just leaving you to yourself on that. We're actually, we're helping you. We want to see you succeed in this. So we're giving you tools. A couple of ways that we do that is we, we have the one-to-one book. We have the purple book. We offer these things to you because they are exactly that. They just go through the basic things of what we believe. And let me tell you, we've been through it several times, like me and my husband, and we're doing a class on it. And every time it speaks to me, even though it's the very basic fundamentals of our faith, it speaks to me every time because there's nothing like really digging into what you believe and why you believe it. Connect class is another way that we do that. If you've been through connect class, you know, we challenge you. We ask if your foundation is the real deal. We ask what kind of gospel did you really receive? That's one way that we help establish biblical foundations here at City Life. The next slide, we have to be established in the word. And this is so so important, and again, it's like, duh, I know, like, gee, like the Bible and prayer and all of those things, but do we believe that we need this word in our lives? The word says in Psalm 119 that your word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. That actually implies that there's darkness without it. That actually implies that we can't see without the lamp that lights our path, which is the word. If we try to do this thing apart from the counsel of the word and knowing the word and digging the roots down deep and getting into the word, the word actually says and implies that there's darkness without the light that illuminates the path. There's a lot of scripture that talks about the word being you know, life and health and, and all of those things. And this is where we learn about who God is. This is so important because when something comes along, a circumstance comes along that challenges what we know about who God is, we need to know what the word says so that we can stand. And not only do we know about God, but we learn about who we are in him, in the word. We know our identity, we find out who we are. And that's so, so important to know who you are in Christ. Because when those things come along that shake up your foundation and get you questioning, if you know who you are and you know who God is, you're gonna stand firm when those things come and challenge you because you know what you believe. We, we use the purple book class that we're doing right now to help you guys become established in the word. Things like the starter blog that we do, which is kind of parsing the word and, and taking passages. And we want to help you. We really, really do. We're not asking you to do these things that first of all, we're not doing. And second of all, to just say, do this. And like, good luck with that. Bye, I'll see you later. We want to help you. We want to equip you and help you establish biblical foundations. All right, and the last one is, we wanna be established in community. Uh-oh, we were not created to do life alone. God designed us. He designed us to need one another and be in community and do life together. And that means beyond just a Sunday morning experience. 
And you know, this probably is one that some people might kind of get hung up on. They're like, I'm good with the first two. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. The word, the word of God. Yes, Lord. Prayer and faith and doctrine. I am, yes, yes, yes. People, ah, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, you know, I've done this, done this thing before. I've like been in community before. I've, you know, I was burned or that person just really offended me. And, and like, I understand, like we, it's hard when it comes to people. I know, I too have been hurt by the church. I too have been offended. I too are all of the things that you think when it comes to this. However, we cannot pick and choose the kind of things that establish a foundation. It would be just like taking little Jack and Jill here and saying, you know, I think we will only use sun and soil and I'm gonna like work it, tend to it, fertilizer, I'm not gonna water these plants. Is that going to work? No, it's not. These plants will die. They will, they will shrivel up without water. And that's what it is when we come to this whole picture of establishing a foundation and we just say, I just want that one and that one. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm good on the rest of it. We're not the ones who get to decide what we need to establish a biblical foundation. And it's so, so crucial that we receive all the components. We get all the sun and the water and the soil and the people tending to it. And community is where we dig around in the dirt and we help each other. Community is where we say, you know, this, this branch looks a little bad. It's a little unhealthy. I'm going to just clip it off. You know, um, I saw a weed in there and I want to help you. I want to help you pull it out. Community is where this happens. We need each other. And if I just left Jack over here, to himself, he would grow and he would maybe be very tall and have a lot, maybe even bear fruit. But here's the deal. If I don't prune and trim back the branches, if I don't kind of bring it into submission, so to speak, it's actually not going to bear as much fruit as it's supposed to. So the wild and free growth actually means it's going to be less fruitful because it's not being tended to well. This is what it means to try to do life apart from community. You're just on your own, like I've got this, like I, I, I wanna keep people at a distance because I don't wanna be hurt. I don't want the responsibility, but being in community helps us live out these other things. I need, like my friend Natalie here, like I need to, like we text each other like, oh. I'm underwater, this is like, we're over, you know, like I need that. I need the accountability of like, how are you doing? Are you in your word? Are you, what, what are you struggling with? Let's, let's help. And something that's really cool about being in community is that, you know, we have this myth, I think out there that is, um, well, it's not a myth, but it's not the priority of like, there's this huge emphasis on self, like I need to know myself. I need to discover myself. I need to know who I am. And I'm a, I'm a fan, trust me. Like I love all the things. I do the, I do the real tests. I do the, the Facebook tests and what color I am and what, you know, what, what kind of fruit are you or what kind of, you know, what kind of Harry Potter character. I do, I do all the tests, okay? All right, I'm like Enneagram 7, uh, ENFP, uh, positivity, uh, includer, woo communication, achiever. I mean, I, I'm a fan of all those things. But the problem is sometimes we get it backwards and we think we have to focus on that. 
But a really cool thing can happen when you come into community, when you choose to take your roots and plant them down somewhere, you can actually find who you are in that because you're establishing yourself and you will bear fruit. We don't know what kind of trees these are so far because I haven't told you I know. There's no way for us to know that until they are planted down and they start to bear fruit. You'll start to see, oh, okay, these, okay, they're making little like green balls, both of these. Maybe they're the same tree. I don't know. Um, and then they keep going. They keep going. Oh, the little balls are staying green on this one. This one is turning orange. Maybe they're a different tree. I don't know. I've heard awesome stories about people who have come even to this church and said, you know, I don't know. I don't know like what I'm great at. I don't know my spiritual gifts. I don't know any of those things. And they have planted themselves in the house of God and they have served in the house of God. And as they planted themselves, the fruit began to show. And maybe you go, oh, I found out. I'm really good at that and I love that. Or maybe you found out, oh, I know this about myself and you would not have learned that apart from being in a community of believers because we help each other. We can help each other find out who we are. We find out who we are in Christ first, then take all the tests, then know yourselves. But unless I planted these, I'm never gonna know what kind of fruit. It could just stay you know, like, oh, it might be the same tree. It might, it might not be. I don't know. I was going to, like, quiz you and see if anybody knew what these were, but I, I think I want to keep them. I was going to give them away to you if you got the right answer, but I'm sorry. I want them. Um, so, and I'm running out of time. But they are different, by the way. <laughs> one of these is a lime, and one of these is a lead, be the orange. And I'm not going to get into the names because they're all different. But um, we have to be, we have to be in community, and it's not an option. It's not an option. If we want to be who God's called us to be, we have to also understand what that means through the lens and the life of other believers. All right? And in closing, I want you to know today that all of these things that we're talking about, established in the faith, established in the word, established in community, these things in and of themselves are not the actual foundation Okay, I want you to know that these are things in which we build on our foundation, okay? The foundation is not a church. The foundation is not a mission. It's not people. The ultimate foundation is Christ himself. That is our foundation that we are building ourselves on, that we are establishing ourselves on. The apostle Paul, the great masterful builder, told the church in Corinth that no one can lay a foundation other than the one that is already laid, and that's Jesus. He is our foundation and how we know him more and how we live it out functionally more is through establishing biblical foundations in our lives. We need it. And honestly, I love to use the imagery today of these plants and trees, things that are living and growing and organic because I wanted to show the frailty of who we really are looking at here that we actually cannot sustain ourselves in and of ourselves. That would be like these trees just like completely going rogue and just being like, I know, I, I know what to do. I know what kind of fruit I am. No, it doesn't work like that. We're frail. We are completely dependent, completely dependent on Jesus to do this thing the way that he's called us to do. We cannot do it in and of ourselves. We need his help. We need his power in order to establish 
these foundations. Because sometimes when we think about laying the foundation like concrete, it can be really easy to think like it's done deal. And I'm just gonna walk away and I'm never gonna check it again. And we can't do that. We have to go back to our foundations. We have to make sure those weeds are not there that snuck in while we weren't looking. We have to continue to go back and making sure that we're establishing ourselves the right way. Now, listen, this this message convicted me when I was putting it together. I love the Lord. I love to worship. I love to read the word. And I, I love all of those things. But, you know, the Holy Spirit really spoke to me. And he said, you know, you're just, it just doesn't bother you enough when you're not doing those things. You're not that bothered. Like it's okay, which means somewhere along the way, there's been a root of self-sufficiency that's come in that makes me think I can do this thing apart from him. And he convicted me and I had to repent. I had to say, Lord, yes, this is a matter of life and death, yes. Yes, I need all of those things. I can't do it apart from me. He says in John that he's the vine and we're the branches. He's our source of life. And you can say that we believe in all of these foundational things and that we're living them out, yet are we walking it out really? What is the the day-to-day saying about our lives and what we really feel about the word? Is it a matter of life and death? Do you need it? Do you need it like you need water? Do you need it like you need air and sunshine? And listen, I'm not here today to lay a law on you. I'm not here to bring religion and make you feel shame and make you feel bad that you're not doing those things. That's not what I'm doing. This isn't about being legalistic. This is about life. This is about the abundant life that God has intended for you. He has intended for you to bear much fruit. He has intended for you to come to maturity and be established so that not only can you do that for yourself, but you can help others. We believe here that we say, honor God, make disciples. That means there's people walking in these doors all the time that need help. They need help establishing biblical foundations. So maybe you're here today and you're like, I'm good. Like, I really am, I'm not joking. Like, I, I, man, I'm at a good place. I feel really established in the faith. My, my walk with the Lord is good, I'm feeling good about myself. And my question to you, if you're that person is, are you making disciples? Because you can't just stay in your own relationship with the Lord if you wanna bear fruit. And we have people out there that need help So if you're doing great, I would ask you, who are you bringing alongside of you? Who are you doing the purple book with? Who are you trying to pull into community? Maybe today you're the person that does not wanna plant themselves in community because you just don't want to have to face all of the issues that come along with that. And I'm here to tell you that that works for a minute But really, if we're living this kind of life God's called us to, we have to be in community. We have to walk with one another. Maybe God is challenging that in you today. Maybe God is saying, put your roots down somewhere. It's time to stop wandering around. It's time to stop going from church to church and relationship to relationship because something doesn't work out for you. You don't like it and you just move on and you uproot yourself. And something about plants is every time you uproot them and put them somewhere else, They go through something called transplant shock and they may actually not even make it because over time it's very detrimental. They're not made to be moved around. They're made to be planted in the ground and to stay there. So I'm not saying like, this is city life or die. If you're not here, 
You know, that's not what I'm saying to you today, but I am saying that if you're not planted in community, you need to ask the Lord about that. You need to have a conversation. Okay, whether it's here, whether it's somewhere else, you need to be in community in order to establish a biblical foundation. I'm gonna ask the worship team to come out. I wanna end on worship today because I do wanna take a moment. I wanna take a moment for you to look at your own foundation or maybe lack thereof. And I want you to really ask yourself the question, how are my foundations? Are they firm? Am I being established? Am I in the process of being established? Are my roots shallow? Because I'm not doing the things that I know to do. Are the weeds, the worries of this life choking out the word? There's probably many, many, many different scenarios in this room. But what's so awesome is that in a moment of worship and prayer and reflection in your heart is that the Lord can speak to you. He can show you and he can tell you what it is that he wants you to do and and how he wants you to move forward in establishing foundations. Again, this this is the crucial point. These things don't go into the ground, it's over. Biblical foundations is essential. You're not going to be the person God called you to be without those roots that go deep into good soil, not just any soil, but the good soil.